This episode of the Folklore Podcast Book Club is an audio version of an episode originally made for YouTube. To see the original with any pictorial references, please visit www.youtube.com slash folklore podcast and click on the book club playlist. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Folklore Podcast Book Club. Today we're going to be looking at the book New Queer Horror Film and Television, part of the Horror Studies series from the University of Wales Press, edited by Darren Elliott Smith and John Edgar Browning. And this is an anthology book comprising essays that study the form, aesthetics and representations of LGBTQ plus identities in the new queer horror subgenre. Joining me to discuss this book is my guest reviewer for this episode, Howard David Ingham from Room 207 Press, uh, also my co-creator of the Rural Gothic Live events that we run. And they've been looking at this book from a queer perspective in order to give a true and proper insight, in my opinion, into the material that's contained herein. Here's what Howard thought of the book in my discussion with them. So joining me on this episode of the Folklore Podcast Book Club is my colleague and friend from Room 207 Press, Howard David Ingham. Howard, welcome. Hi, Mark. Nice to see you again. Uh, outside of our normal rural Gothic context. Yes, indeed. And we are, we're filming this um, one day before our fifth rural Gothic. Yeah, I think it is. Yes, rural Gothic queer horror, uh, which which is quite timely considering the book that we're about to look at. Uh, And that is uh, from the University of Wales Press. And that is this book, New Queer Horror, film and television television. from their horror studies series uh now i gave a copy of this to howard and they have very kindly uh read through this book as well for me uh because they are after all uh something of an expert you may wish to disagree i know but tough luck in this subject howard is the author of what have you written howard go on um, I've written We Don't Go Back, a watcher's guide to folk horror, um, The Age of Miracles, a collection of essays about, um, about um, well, fake news generally. Um, and I've got a book coming out in the next few weeks, which is called Cult Cinema, um, which is about brainwashing, bad religion and sects in film and television with kind of um a focus on exploitation and horror but it goes to other places too is is sort of a book which i I think is probably the the only book that gives martyrs and unbreakable kimmy schmidt the same weight um which uh is something I'm quite proud of, but we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, So they are an expert in this area, despite what they might tell you otherwise, uh, which is why I have asked them to look at this book. 
Uh, now, this, this is split into three sections, isn't it? Um, but before we go into those, let's just look at the book as a broad overview. This is a collection of academic essays, is that fair to say? It is. It's an academic book. Um, I mean, what you've got there in your hands is a fairly, um, fairly compact paperback. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, what's a couple hundred pages, isn't it? Um, and for, yeah, 230 something pages. Yes. And yeah. in that, that paperback is, goes for the, frankly academic price range of about 45 pounds so it's fair to say it's not for the casual reader hmm. okay it's not for a casual reader you are going to be academic invested in this book you want this book because it is going to help you right if you're doing media studies or gothic stuff this might be a book that's worth having. If you are in the middle of a PhD in media studies and Gothic fiction, that sort of thing, this is a book that is worth having. If you're an undergraduate, it's probably a useful book to have. It's the sort of book that I'd like to have, um, but I can't justify paying 45 pounds for a hard copy um, because Simply, I don't have 45 quid to spend <laughs> on a book of academic papers. Um, and specifically, it being a book of academic papers, these academic papers are very, very laser focused on certain things. Because once you get to a certain level of academia, you become laser focused hmm. on certain points. You, you, you begin to go straight down very narrow avenues. So what you get is a collection of essays and if you are interested in writing and stuff in, in learning about this stuff as you know i am you know i i write about this stuff regularly um you may find that there are only a few essays in the book that are of direct interest to you um and they give you some sort of idea um there are actually two papers there's got two whole chapters um i think there are two chapters um yeah there are two chapters that focus on a 2012 movie called jack and diane which is not a particularly you know it's not a very well-known movie in fact i hadn't heard of it and, and it's it's a teenage teenage werewolf romance artsy teenage werewolf romance that was was uniformly panned by critics as far as i can make out but which is obviously an interesting movie because a lot of bad movies or critically panned movies are very interesting and yeah. so i actually kind of want to see it now but at the same time you know i i read the you know i skimmed those chapters because i've not read i've not seen jack and diane so i don't actually know if their take on Jack and Diane, Jack and Diane is, is that great, really? Um, it might be. I'm, I'm fairly certain that they're probably very solid takes on Jack and Diane. Um, both of them compare this movie, Jack and Diane, with other movies. And, and um, one of them compares Jack and Diane with Black Swan, which is a film that I have seen and which I do have thoughts about and which I'm probably going to have to watch again soon. Um, but... 
yeah, so, you know, the, so to give you an idea of what they look at, you've got Rob Zombie's The Lord of Salem. Um, you've got a couple of things generally about vampire, werewolf movies, which are probably like the most widely applicable essays. You've got um, a great essay on American Horror Story Coven. Um, you've got Final Destination, Let the Right One In, um, Hannibal, um, the remake of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Did you know there was a remake of the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Oh, yes. I knew there was a remake of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, uh, again, universally panned by pretty much everybody in the world. Universally panned. Mm. And to be fair, this one actually gives quite good reasons, I think, as to why it was universally panned. You know, it basically... You, you, um, there are words that on the internet get used a lot and people don't actually understand what they mean. And one of those words is problematic. Mm. Um, but this is, this is an essay that uses the word problematic correctly in a focused fashion and explains exactly what it means. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Jeepers Creepers, another one. You know, did, did you realise that the creeper from the from from Jeepers Creepers was 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 a queer icon? Um, no, I did not, uh, and that's interesting. I mean, that that really is, you know, already at its very base level of being a book about queer horror. It, it's teaching lessons right from the word go as as yeah. to how some of these characters are viewed. Now, I mean, let, let's have a look at the. Uh, the kind of broad description. So uh, looking at the back of the book, um, these these are edited by uh, two um, academics, Darren Elliott Smith, who's a senior lecturer in film and gender at the University of Stirling, and John Edgar Browning, who's professor of liberal arts in Georgia, in the USA. Well, liberal arts, liberal arts in America is basically just like humanities. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's quite okay, a broad so, overview. So it's not liberal. It? Arts, not liberal in not, that sense. Know, as opposed no. to conservative arts. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's professional. Yes, humanities. Yeah. So they describe it, they describe it on the back of the book. This anthology comprises essays that study the form, aesthetics, and representations of LGBTQ plus identities in an emerging subgenre of film and television termed new queer horror. What do we mean by new queer horror? in the terms of how this book presents it? Well, I think, I think this film, this understands new queer art. It's pretty much everything in the book is pretty recent. I'm, I mean, the, the, as far as I can make out, aside from the Rocky Horror essay, which is generally about the remake, hmm. but which nonetheless spends a lot of time critiquing the original because it's got to critique the original in order to give you a context for the remake. Yeah. Um, so if you don't count that, then the oldest things that they look at are really sort of things around Black Swan, Let the Right One In, 2010, right? And I mean, you got, you got you got to bear in mind that academic works have kind of a, a lead in, particularly in humanities, and so 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 yeah. I mean the you know older stuff's referenced, but the focus is generally on anything from the second decade of the twenty first century on the whole. 
really. Um, so it's new as in it's, you know, way are newly made. Yeah. Who are under the age of 30. Yeah, newly made, um, newly made material. Yeah, newish. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so it breaks this down into three parts, uh, of which there, there are four essays in each part. And, I, and I'm not suggesting that we're going to go through each of these essays in turn because that's, that's not what we're looking to do necessarily. But looking at the themes of each part that's broken down. So the first section of this book looks at um, transforming, rereading and remaking queer horror. Now, you've already touched upon the fact that uh, Jeepers Creepers is a rereading of the subject material in some respects in a, in a queer uh, aspect. Rocky Horror is a, yeah. a remaking. And then uh, Let the Right One In and, and Let Me In is the queer vampire in, in, a, in a more obvious sense. And then the fourth one is, is about Hannibal, which I wonder how many people are, are thinking queer horror as a piece of material when they think of Hannibal, for example. Are there very many surprises in this section? Um, well, it depends on what you think of as a surprise, really. I mean, there's lots of stuff I didn't know. You know, mm. there's lots of stuff. I've not actually ever watched Hannibal, you know, so I, I kind of, you know, look at it. This, this is actually, I actually felt quite unknowledgeable. Un, un I mean, you say I'm an expert, right? But there's a lot of stuff I haven't <laughs> watched in this book that's talked about. So my expertise <laughs> avails me nothing. But you this. are used to working with the themes and, and that. I'm that's used it, to working with the themes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, there's, so, so, you know, you look at, um, Hannibal. I mean, I actually it is is really it's interesting. I, I'm 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 completely down with the wide net they cast. I mean, I said that you know this in two whole chapters about Jack and Diane, mm. but that's because Jack and Diane is a lesbian werewolf romance, right? It's like explicitly queer. And actually, actually, that's one thing that I do want to say about this that's important in that the reason that this book matters is because most work on queer horror, according to the, the editors of the book, and I think this is fair, um, has been about implicit queer th themes and subtext and that sort of thing, right? And this book is about obvious gayness and queerness in horror, mm. right? So it makes sense that Jack and Diane, the lesbian werewolf romance, would have pride of place here because it's gay. It's, it's a gay movie. And that's, that's important to note. They, they, they want to talk about explicitly queer horror rather than queerness in horror because you look... Um, or to put it another way, and this is something that was picked up uh, a while back is that close reading is a queer thing okay and, and and this is not my thought this is a thought that someone else had a while back i can't remember who it was but close reading is a queer enterprise because we spend our entire lives looking for things because it's not there front and center like it is for all you straights. And so 
you know, you know, we, we, we spend a lot of time doing close reading, right? So, you know, queer readings of things are invariably close readings, you know, and there's a lot of close readings of these things, but it's quite nice. I think the point is that they're looking at these things in a way they're looking at things that don't require such close readings in order to pull out the queer stuff. Meaning that they're actually a lot, a lot of research into queer horror as generally goes along the lines of this film is actually queer. Here is why. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and therefore the arguments and the research are like basically there in order to demonstrate that this is actually queer and then pull something out of that. What this book is about is about taking stuff that is obviously queer where you don't actually have to go through those first three, four, five stages of proving its queerness. Like, or, you know, taking from science fiction thing, The Matrix is a film about... Um, is, is a film about the trans experience and, and apparently the Wachowski sisters have come out and basically said that um, and those of us spent ages, those of us who wrote big long essays about the Matrix basically just went okay and basically just spent all these stages going it's, because, it's queer because of this because of this, because of this because. and that's, here you've got oh here's a queer film, let's talk about what it says about people let's talk about what it says about us let's talk about what it brings out in the world does that do, do you see what i mean you yeah know, yeah basically yeah. because you can you can skip the having to prove that it's queer in the first place but mm. and actually do a close reading that doesn't depend on that yes yeah you can you can do stuff so um so so and, and it, it's interesting you know and i mean you get things like um the essay about let the right one in um mm. is particularly interesting because that actually comes out because obviously that's that's a book and two movie adaptations and it does all of them it right. goes through all of them and um, explains the differences between the three of them, the, the, the original novel, the um, Swedish movie with the screenplay by the novel's author and the American remake directed by Matt Reeves. And it actually says that the queer subtext, the queer text is actually better in the, in the Swedish movie rather than the novel because the novel does a lot of stuff that maybe 10 years later we would not do mm. and the novel also is it's weird the novel is explicit in a way that actually locks out a whole lot of interpretations and things which is where, which again you know i found that particularly i think that was basically off the stuff i've I read in the book probably the most the thing that that most struck me is a really good good piece really um 
I, it's the one. It's the one I had. I most enjoyed. Mm. I think. So, so the, the second section looks at looks at adolescent horror. Um, does yeah. that does that mean that it approaches it in a different way? Or well, I think are the readings similar, but they're just dealing with uh, a, uh, an audience demographic that's different. For example, you've got to bear in mind that there is a much larger um, section of queer literature that is coming of age stories mm. than there is perhaps in straight literature. Right, there's plenty of straight coming of age stories, but um, and straight cinema. There's plenty of there's plenty of straight coming of age stories, but there's lots of other things as well. But you can almost argue that pretty much it is it's like actually you could almost argue that the majority is either directly or metaphorically a coming age story coming of age story in queer stuff. Many queer narratives are about self-discovery, so it makes sense that the three sections you have are one about remaking and rereading queer horror so one is about basically there's a queer horror text this is what happens when we do it again okay that's fundamentally it so jeepers creepers the jeepers creepers essay is largely about how the creeper is kind of like buffalo bill and silence of the lambs and about it's about it's about how referential it is the um the rocky horror one is about the rocky horror remake mm. and, and and why it's not great and and the um the let the right one in one is is about what happens when you adapt and readapt something the hannibal you know hannibal how many times how many versions of hannibal have there been there's been at least three versions of hannibal lecter on film and tv so like the, the you know the recent tv series hannibal the most recent one is therefore a remake of a remake of, of yeah. an adaptation, you know? Um, so, so that's that because we do like to, I mean, you know, horror is often all about retreading stuff. And I mean, generally media in the last, in the last decade is about retreading stuff. I was, um, one of the other things I do when I'm not writing about horror is that I've been writing about the Planet of the Apes series, right? And obviously there were three Planet of the Apes movies that came out in the last decade. Yeah. And they, you know, in the last decade, I went and checked to see, you know, how many franchises have been resurrected either successfully or falsely or, or successfully or, or, or unsuccessfully in the 2010s, Right. You know, so there was a failed attempt at a King Arthur franchise. There was a Universal Monsters franchise that fizzled after two movies. Um, Jurassic Park came back for another two movies. The Terminator came back for another two movies. There was two more Aliens movies. Um, Rocky and Rambo and Mad Max had fourth parts to each of their trilogies. Actually, I think it was Rocky Five, Rocky Six. Mm. In fact, there were two more Rocky movies, weren't there? Really, and, um, and we can look forward to another uh, Indiana Jones as well. Just about. Yeah, another Indiana Jones movie yeah. um, is coming out, um, and it's just it basically cinema in the last ten years is about re retreads, mm. largely new things have been on. You look at the um, 
I looked at the top ten, I was looking at the top 10 most successful movies of 2014 because that's the only time the Planet of the Apes movie has made the top 10. And the only one that wasn't a superhero movie or a franchise movie or a franchise movie that was a superhero movie was one of Christopher Nolan's insufferable look at me, I'm an important movie pieces. Right. <laughs> so like I, I I could probably tell you which one it was, but they all mushed together in some sort of like terrible, tasteful kind of like blur. Anyway, um so so having an entire section about rereading and remaking queer horror is important because essentially you know everything gets remade at the moment things get remade over and over and over again and that's important but then you have an entire section about adolescence and that's important as well because a vast number of queer narratives are coming of age narratives the narratives of discovery of finding yourself so things like jack and diane that's gonna be there you're gonna have final destination destination which is all about teenagers and they talk about the queerness in final destination and there's an essay about adventure time and marceline the vampire queen in adventure time uh, and and i don't know if you you You've ever sat down and watched Adventure Time with your I have, kids? I have but not. No. It's it, it's it's often really disturbing. Like it's often really quite quite bothersome. Mm. Um, and then the third one is largely about werewolves and witches. Yes, yes. The third section is is more of I suppose. If, if approaching this in terms of a podcast that predominantly looks at folklore and its crossover with other areas. Yeah, I mean, this is more, of, more in your your yeah. yard. I mean, really. all of all of this is of relevance, absolutely. But yes, we're looking we're looking at some obvious tropes, aren't we, in the third part that you would expect to see in 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 kind of horror genre. So, I mean, the <laughs> part three, badass witches and queer wolves, yeah, kind of sums it yes. up, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes, and I think. But and, 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 and I mean, obviously, witches and werewolves are both the they're, they're both very much about. OK, you see, people seem to think that the quintessentially gay horror um, horror antagonist is the vampire. Mm. Right, people think it is, and that's Anne Rice's fault, um, very much so, with a little bit of Poppy Z. Bright's fault as well. Um, but actually, often the queer vampire is something that is something that's come up with by straight people. And actually, werewolves and witches are, are, are more gay. So one one might have expected an entire set of chapters about gay vampires. Like they were going to have, we're going to have two separate talks about lesbian vampires in the next two rural gothic events, in fact. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, but actually werewolves have a sense of community um, in, in a way that you know, these witches who have covens, and I think there's the metaphor of gay people finding their community, finding their tribe, finding their groups. So you have 
often people who are queer will find it difficult to bond within their own families and therefore find, make families and werewolves werewolf packs and vampire with sorry vampire witch covens are there so you have and 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 i mean you know if you're going to talk about witch covens and talk about gayness you're going to talk about american horror story coven of which there is a thing and then you know you have american horror story coven has of course the um Myrtle Snow, the amazing, the, the, one of the greatest characters in horror television. Um, you know, a, a witch who, while she's being burned at the stake, decides to yell as her final word, Balenciaga. Um, you, you, you have, and of course, Ryan Murphy, everything Ryan Murphy does is very, very camp. There is a high level of gayness in it. Um, the only disappointing thing, with the American Horror Story essay, is that it American Horror Story Coven essays? It doesn't mention American Horror Story Apocalypse beyond a couple of sentences at the end, really. Hmm. Um, which I don't know if you're familiar with American Story Horror Story. I haven't got that far through it. Uh, it, it oh right, it's on well, my watch list. I, I am partway through watching from the beginning. Uh, but, but American Horror Story Apocalypse is the one is the one season so far that you absolutely cannot see without having seen the others. Right, right. Um, it makes reference to Hotel and it makes reference to Roanoke, but it is a direct sequel of both Murder House and Coven, and that's that's not as much of a spoiler as it sounds like right but mm. yeah it, it's it, but it's a direct sequel of those two and you have to have seen them and you get a gay cover a coven of gay male witches in it as well this is a spoiler um played by one of them's billy porter um who you can imagine is fabulous he's absolutely on point it's just really just just the camp is is high in this one um more camp than butlins but you know it's just yeah um but i have a feeling that the reason that the 2018 2018 2000 yeah it was 2018 american horror story series only gets a line at the end is because um of the lead-in with stuff like this so i would imagine looking at this that none of these essays was really drafted you know they probably got the chance to like edit them later on i imagine none of them predated 2018 to be honest not post dated 2018 you know they're, they're all yeah. they're all a few years old now yeah. because that's how academic literature works um in terms of style you gotta be familiar with academic literature to get something out of this yes i was going to say and with speaking i mean we we, we accept that this is an academic book uh, and is yeah. less likely to be of general interest than some of the other books that we've discussed on here but the content certainly is but the style not necessarily so how accessible is it 
to a non-academic audience? That's a good question. I think that... Well, you, you, I, th I think if you're not an academic audience, you're actually going to have to, at the very least, have seen the things that they're talking about. Yeah. Right. Um, which seems seems like a ridiculously silly thing to say, but it, I think I think it's an important um, important point. They, they, these things do actually. The, these things are actually academic. You probably are you don't need to really be intimately familiar with the literature but you probably need to know like it probably helps if you know who Mikhail Bakhtin is and stuff like that um who incidentally is very important in cultural theory and stuff so you know I I mean that's that sound that sounds really kind of like rarefied and highfalutin but Mikhail Bakhtin is one of those ones that's like once you've got once you're at first year undergraduate level and you do a media studies you know who Mikhail Bakhtin is okay right um he invented the term of the carnivalesque yes which yes. yeah okay um so you need to have in order to get I think anything out of it at all you need to have a grounding in first principles of cultural and media studies. Um, you don't need to be a consulting professor of media studies to get this. You don't need to be channeling uh, Marshall McLuhan's spirit in a seance on a regular basis, right, to be able to make head or tail out of it. Mm -hmm. But you probably need to be you, 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 you need you need to have gotten past media studies 101 yeah yeah that, that's, this to be of any use at all i think that's a fair so comment I, because that's that's the kind of the level that the book is aimed at isn't it let's be honest yeah 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 you, you've you've got to be you, you've you've got to be able to understand it you've got to be able to um understand things like academic sentence constructions and stuff like that. You, that this 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 is this is a thing i think yeah so yeah yeah that, that's absolutely fair comment but so so bearing all of that in mind then just to close this off completely um new queer horror film and television university of wales press yeah did you enjoy it yeah i did <laughs> i did i enjoyed it because um I've actually gone through a phase of not reading anything particularly challenging for a while. Um, and it's quite nice to read something challenging sometimes. It's quite nice to actually sort of, you know, flex the brain muscles or whatever. Um, I quite enjoyed it because I learned about stuff. I, I learned that Jack and Diane exists and now I want to watch that movie, mm -hmm. which um, I think any book that mentions films that you haven't seen and makes you want to watch them is probably that that's fundamentally my basic baseline level you know if it actually makes you go oh yeah that yeah. does sound interesting um then 
you know, I want I want to see Jack and Diane. I probably will see Jack and Diane. Then that essay, at least, has certainly done its job because as somebody who who works yeah. with film and television all the time in your writing, then yeah. to encourage you to want to see something is obviously putting the subject matter across in a good way, isn't it? Yes, I think so, and um, I think it's there. There is there is. A, there's a terrible stereotype of academic writers that essentially they kill all the passion in things. This is false, right? Um, most most people, when they're at this level of academia, are obsessed, okay, with what they're writing about. No one in this book is writing something that they're not absolutely obsessed with to a somewhat disturbing level probably okay. right um and the question is not whether they make it sound dry and boring the question is whether their obsession <laughs> drives you off which is a different different question um but also whether their obsession perhaps comes through in very precise technical language because there's an art to writing academic literature. There, 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 is, there is an art to it and, and a craft, which is quite different from the sort of thing I write. Because um, I write frothy pieces where I just explain stuff in words that I understand. Um, you write for a wider audience at the end of the day. <sighs> right for about three people but you know what i mean i it's just so, so these these things but essentially this is a book of things that are written for a purpose this is a book of essays that are written to be useful fundamentally and their utility is pretty paramount here if you are doing undergraduate level study in media studies and you're looking at horror you're doing the course on gothic which most media studies and english departments do these days you'd be you, you would be well served getting hold of this if you are really interested in the semiotics of queerness um this is a useful thing to have um if you are doing research it's an important part of the conversation around these things and that's really where we're going to be if you're a casual reader who just wants to sit down with something on the toilet and go oh oh yeah i want to know about this movie um you're probably not going to have much luck but then it's not for you anyway Yes, absolutely. That's not the demographic that it's aimed at, is it? So, so at the end of the day, it's it's a nicely presented book. It's it's well edited. It's nicely put together. Um, the subject matter is, as you say, written by people who have a level of detail that you won't find from a lot of authors. And if you sit within that audience demographic, then it absolutely goes on to the recommended list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, if you're going to, if you need a book that's going to be useful, yeah, and 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 deep dives into queer horror are a thing that will be useful for you, 
this book is intended to be useful and I think it is. Brilliant, absolutely. So there we go. Uh, New Queer Horror Film and Television, University of Wales Press, um, available as a paperback or as an ebook from their website. Do keep an eye on the Twitter feed for University of Wales Press because they're often putting out um, discounts on a lot of their books to tie in with different events. Uh, Such as? They're, they're doing one this weekend for us for, um, for our queer horror event uh, with 20% discount on a number of books from the University of Wales Press range. Uh, and they do this a lot with, uh, with different events as they come and go. So well worth um, following their Twitter feed for that. Uh, Howard, thank you so much for joining me today on the book club. Uh, it's a fascinating it's always a pleasure. Fascinating discussion. Thank you. I should look forward to seeing you again very soon. Indeed. Thanks to Howard for giving their insights into this book. You'll find details on the Folklore Podcast website of how to get hold of a copy if you'd like to read this title for yourself. If you enjoy material put out by the Folklore Podcast, both in the book club and on the main feed and anywhere else that we work, and you'd like to support what we do, then please consider joining our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash the folklore podcast or alternatively visit our website at www.thefolklorepodcast.com where you can hit the donate button on the landing page to make a small donation any contribution great or small is appreciated as it helps us to keep producing this material and of course you can always just share our work with friends and others if you want to support us in that way too thank you so much for joining us and see you next time